Hey, Pure Golf Podcast listeners, you can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. To check out our weekly YouTube videos, go visit My Pure Golf. Link will be in the bio. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Pure Golf Podcast. My name is Jordan, and today we are going to be doing a, a pretty simple recap of the Travelers Championship that just ended uh, yesterday evening. Props to Keegan Bradley, and we're going to dig into that in just a second. Before we get started, I'm not going to cue the um, the advertisement music or the announcement music, not, nothing of that. This is going to be a very short, simple podcast, but um, check out the Pure Golf YouTube channel. We just released a four-man scramble. It's, I think, very entertaining, if I'm being honest. Granted, I was involved in this one. You people finally get to see me on the golf course. Um, incredibly rusty, but there are some very funny moments that I was a part of it. And I was a part of the second batch of recording too, uh, where we were in the studio just recapping the round. And I still find myself laughing at some of the events we had. It's just, it's very entertaining. Um, other than that, the um, the social, I don't know why I'm struggling over our, our handles, our Instagram Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all those handles are at MyPureGolf. And all those are going to have daily content from us, just some short videos that we release throughout the week. And we would encourage you to follow those, get involved with us, comment, like, subscribe, all those you know fun little things that keep us going as a company and keep us interacting with you. Because at the end of the day, we just want to help everyone consistently break 80. I think that's kind of what we're we're falling into in a category wise. So I will now just get into my tournament recap. Again, let me explain what happened. So a lot of times on these tournament recaps, I'm joined by some of the other people on our podcast. And we actually did record one earlier today. It was me and Ariane. We had a decent talk, but it wasn't our best podcast and we actually looked at each other at the end of it and we're like didn't go very well <laughs> and we, we both agreed we were like this just wasn't good and so i was kind of faced with a decision and we could either put that out there we could not record anything or post anything tomorrow or today as a podcast or i could uh think about this for the next three hours, then at close to midnight, determine, you know what, I still made myself a promise and made this company a promise that I would put something out. So I'm going to put something out. It it may not be the best podcast we do, but I'm going to make it better than what we than what we had. And this is no fault of Ariane's. It was just a conversation that didn't flow because it was a very hard tournament to find a lot of drama or teaching moments <laughs> and um it just relatively speaking it was my least favorite designated event of the year um and it was just it was tough to find a lot of talking points on this one for whatever reason so pure golf and i understand i, I do a lot of the the leadership around pure golf has this commitment that we want to be proud of the content we put out we want to be really happy to put our logo on that and had i chopped up and edited the crap out of the stuff with Ariane, 
I don't think I would have been content. And so I'm going to come on here. I can control this environment a little bit more um, because I have a little bit of a script in front of me now. And I can just give some talking points to help any golfer who's looking to consistently break 80 while also recapping uh, this designated event. Again, the Travelers Championship. Let's start out with um, the winner. It was Keegan Bradley's tournament. Nothing but love and respect for Keegan Bradley. He actually, we have a a mutual friend. And one time he kind of gave me this shout out. And I've always appreciated that about Keegan Bradley. I've never met him, but he gave somebody a message to give to me through somebody else that, that we both know. I've always been appreciative of that. I, I love Keegan. I find myself pulling for Keegan. And then to see his family there on the 18th hole as he's walking off, celebrating the win with his kids, you can't help but really just be happy for the guy. He went five years without a win. And then back in, I think it was October, he won the Zozo. But that was overseas. So this is the first time he's won back in the United States in five years. And I thought that was just a great talking point of every golfer goes through droughts. Sometimes golf is really easy. And those those moments in life are something that I think every golfer should cherish. If one golf is easy, appreciate it, love it, play the crap out of it, enjoy it. Because you never know when it's just going to turn a little bit difficult on you again. And it's just this constant undulation of or this up and down, again, undulation of, well, today it's easy. In a month from now, it may be hard. Um, or today the irons are going well, but the short game is struggling. Or the driver's going well, but the putter is struggling. But it is a game that humbles you completely. And I think Keegan Bradley has also had some kids along the way, um, as, as I already mentioned. But there's been some ups and downs. There's been some some changes in equipment along the way. And I know there's been frustration along his road to get back in the winner's circle. And I think you enjoy this win because I think it's very over, over easy. Wow. I think it's very easy to overlook celebrating wins, especially for players of you don't know how long it's going to be back in the winner's circle. This year, Ariane made the point that I'm going to bring back up. Um, that we erased the recording of. We've had six players win two times or more on tour this year, and that's incredible. And you don't know how long that drought is going to be for any of those players moving forward. It could be injury. It could be personal life. It could be personal problems. But something that is to be appreciated is enjoy when golf is going really well. It is the most frustrating sport, I think, ever because you don't have any teammates. It's just you, 14 clubs, and any course that you are finding yourself on that day. It, it may be where golf now has the the lowest rate tea uh, time that day, but it's something to be enjoyed. But it's also something to know that whenever you're going through a drought in your golf game or whenever golf is really hard, you... You got to know if you, if you just hang in there, just keep grinding out. Good things will come from from all that hard work. And so that's something I really loved about Keegan Bradley on on this tournament. And just nothing but the best for that guy. I, I hope he continues to find more and more wins. He's in his late 30s now. He's 
just I've heard nothing but great things about the guy. And so I, I want to give him his his proper respect, as I know he's a you know an avid listener of this podcast, which is a complete joke. I hope you pick up on that. Um, I, there's a couple more players I'm going to touch on, but this broadcast w- was tough. And to to no credit, like to no what's the word I'm looking for. To no fault of their own, this final round of golf was just not very entertaining. Keegan had a commanding lead. And for for a moment there on the back nine, I think he bogeyed two or three in a row. Patrick Cantley was making a little bit of a run, but it was still a three-shot lead for three more holes to go. And it just looked like Keegan, despite the bogeys, was still going to pull it out. And it really wasn't dramatic at all. And so in these designated events, it's a, it is a player field that is completely, completely stacked. And these golfers on this golf course were going low, low, low. I just found myself having a hard time to follow the hype of the drama that they were trying to build. And God bless them. It, it was tough on this broadcast. It was a, it was a blowout win despite that the golfers were going low. There were people that shot 60. There were people that shot 62, 63, 65. Like it was nothing. Keegan winning at, I think, negative 24, negative 25. I don't know. At this point, I, I can't remember. In the mid-20s under par is a shootout. But there was nobody shooting out with him on this final day. Uh, Patrick Cantley gave it a, a great run, but ultimately failed. Because Keegan had such a commanding lead. It was so commanding that he could afford to give up two or three bogeys down the stretch. And still really wasn't too worried. (laughs) He he could breathe easy on the 17th and 18th hole from what the broadcast was saying. So it just wasn't entertaining to watch. Like It wasn't bad golf. It just wasn't very entertaining because it was a it was a one horse race is how I'll put it. So um, I think it was kind of the PGA Tour's worst nightmare in terms of these designated events. You came to the final day. One person was in the lead and it wasn't the most recognizable face on the PGA Tour of like a a Rory or a Scotty or a uh, or Ricky Fowler. It was Keegan Bradley who unless you pay very 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 close attention to golf or just a a little bit closer attention to golf you probably didn't know who he was and then the people behind him that were chasing him weren't the most recognizable names either patrick cantley was is kind of one but he's also not one of the most marketed golfers of all time and i think it just was kind of a nightmare for the pga tour for one of their huge purses to go nothing wrong with keegan bradley winning but the fact that there were no names in very clear contention chasing him it it's a tough one so um i know scotty scheffler tied for fourth rory was at negative 18 he was a little bit in contention but there was nobody who was going to actually chase him down and give him a real scare so um i think it was my idea for this one that ariana and i talked about was i just think Having a designated event follow a major, and also the the designated event was a was literally across the country from where the major was. It 
it wasn't my favorite thing because you almost needed a, a little bit of downtime after the U.S. Open to have a more minor event and then have these guys go to the designated event. I think the U.S. Open followed by another designated event is is asking a bit too much of your players, especially since the players have to commit to every designated event except one. And so I just, I hope they learn the scheduling for next year. Granted, it looks like the world of golf is about to go under a lot of changes in scheduling. So I don't really know what you do from here, but um, we'll see. We'll see. I, that That's kind of what I took away from this one. They've definitely done the major followed by the designated event in the past, but I don't think they went across the country to, um, oh, the, to play a very gettable course for these guys. So just the way it's set up, it just, it wasn't my favorite. I think we needed a little bit of downtime as fans, but now let's get into Patrick Cantley. I'll just cover him just a little bit. Patrick Cantley is not my favorite golfer to watch. And I don't mean that rudely. He's just a very, very slow player. He's not very emotional. He's kind of boring to watch. He he played incredible golf today. Wasn't enough to win. Um, he had a chance at a solo second finish and then missed a three or four foot putt to to finish where he did, which I think was tied for fourth, and um, probably lost a lot of money <laughs> in in one single putt. But he's just he's just not my favorite golfer to watch. However, what I do admire about him and what I think any golfer could learn from him is. The dude is as poised as can be. Kind of like Scotty Scheffler. He doesn't react too, too much to, to miss shots. It's just another another shot then. And that's okay. He he does react a little bit from time to time, but I love the poise. He's he's one of the most poised players on tour. And does that make him marketable? Maybe not, but he's still doing just fine financially. He's had a great year. A much better year than I ever thought when I went back and looked at his results leading up to this. He's had some some second place, some third place, and uh, I think he's had around seven top tens. I think it's around that. I don't have the exact stat on me, so don't quote me on it. But he hasn't had a single win all year, and I think that's kind of tainted my view of him. I, Zach and I just had a talk recently that why is he ranked number four in the world? Not really, not really sure, but just because he hasn't had a win doesn't mean that he hasn't had a pretty decent season. He's been in contention more than I really thought that he was. So props to him. Uh, another couple of golfers to talk about. Ricky Fowler, let's talk about him real quick. He posted a 60 on Saturday. He shot a 60. And then in a press conference, they asked him, hey, Ricky, have you ever shot? under 60 before in a non-competitive round and he goes yeah i shot 59 and i was playing against john rom who shot a 60 john rom shot 60 and a head match against ricky feller and lost and that is why you know these golfers are incredibly 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 good and i hope ricky ends up getting a win um very soon. Hope he gets a win very soon. So I, I would love to see it this year. I don't, I'm not forecasting it to be this year. I would love for it to be, but I think he'll get one before the end of the calendar year. And 
I, I think for sure he's going to get one in the on the PGA Tour uh, 2024 season is what I think, whatever the scheduling looks like. But I think all, all his hard work is paying off. I think he committed to a swing change. He committed almost to a philosophy change. He's tried changing the swing a couple times before, but this one is working out for him. It looks way better um, than his other motions have in the past. And I, I really do like where he's at in terms of his swing now. It's it's better than it's ever been in in my professional opinion. And I think the hard work is going to pay off and he's going he's gonna to win again. The final golfer I want to touch on is actually Chez Brevi. Chez Brevi, it's not the most aesthetically pleasing swing out there. But I love that he just gives the short hitters in the world uh, hope that they can compete. He's ranked 185th in clubhead speed on tour. 185th. He's ranked 173 in driving distance at about 280 yards. But every year, he finds himself atop the leaderboard. And every so often, he carves out a win. He won in 2021. He won in 2019. Um, I think he's got three competitive wins. He's been a member of the PGA Tour since 2008, and he's, I think, won like $21 million over those years. Like he's he's not long by any means of, uh, in comparison to other PGA Tour players, but he, he's found a way to make it work. He's pretty good with his irons, got a pretty polished short game. He's a pretty nice little putter as well. I I, I like him, and he he's really grown on me a lot because – I think what we see on TV a lot is 320-yard drives. Just have your irons hit the ball to the moon, land softly. We just have all these power players that we know and are just in love with of seeing Rory hit like a 220-yard seven iron that lands soft. Then we have Rom hit like a 200-yard eight iron. I think Finau can hit an eight iron 200, no problem. These guys can bomb the ball. So every so often to see a, a golfer that isn't nearly as long as those guys has to complete the has to play the course completely differently than those guys. I like that guy. Um, and I, I think more golfers in, in our local sphere who are like consistently trying to break 80, I think they could learn a lot from from Chaz Reeve just because. He is so polished with the irons. He is so polished around the greens, and he—I don't think he takes the little putts for granted. Um, he's just—he's just a solid all-around player. It, it's not a name you're going to see win a lot of tournaments, but as a player who just finds himself in the mix a few times a year, and I think that's great. I, I have nothing but respect for that guy. He's—he's he's also not the biggest guy there is out there. It is a very what I would call like a wonky swing. But he makes it work. And um, I got nothing but but respect and love for Chez out there. So are there any other talking points? I don't think so. Um, please know that Pure Golf is very committed to the quality. It, not every podcast sounds perfect, but we want to be committed to what we say we're going to do. If we, if we say we're going to do something, we, we want to get it out there. Uh, so... This one is was no fault of Ariane's. It was just it was a really tough flow of a conversation. It was definitely more on me because I wasn't as prepared as I need to be. Um, so we're gonna we'll be back on here for a Friday podcast. That Friday podcast, I'm 
I'm still deciding what it's going to be, but we're going to start posting podcasts on every Monday and every Friday. Every Monday will be a world of golf update. Every Friday will be more of like a, what can we learn here? It may, it may be about recent events in the world of golf, or it may be about a lesson from my teaching or, or, or something like that. Just something I've experienced in the world of golf, but it'll be something to help you and better your game as well. Just something to take away from it. At Pure Golf, we are under, it's literally on our podcast um, cover. It says, always become better. And that's what we try to do. So in order to become better, you have to become more consistent. You have to take accountability. And when you haven't made a good podcast, you figure out a way to make a good podcast before 6 a.m. <laughs> and uh, That's what we're going to do. So I apologize that nobody else was on here, but I couldn't take up more of Ariane's time and and ask him to come back on and say, you know what, let's do this better. Ariane has a family. And uh, so this one was on me to, to take care of. So Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's definitely a bit of a different one, but it's that that's life, and uh, we're we're gonna do what we what we can to keep moving forward and keep providing uh, really great content. So, all right, guys, have a wonderful uh, day. Have a great rest of your week, and we will see you Friday for our next podcast.